0: So, Rachel, yeah, Picard and some of the crew are trapped in a deadly holodeck malfunction in 1940s America. Oh. What do you think you're going to get?
1: Several of them have chosen to be in 1940s America, then. Mm-hmm. They might dress up and do the accents to have the full LARPing experience. <laughs> they can't write any wrongs in there because it's not real 1940s. So I'm guessing mob murderers being drafted, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something to do with being shot. Hmm. The frisbee was invented then, so they probably only went for that. (laughs) The holodeck creations are able to take over the ship somehow.
0: Those are pretty good predictions. Uh, They might not actually happen in this episode, (laughs) but they might happen in later episodes. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Rachel watches Star Trek officer's log, date 41997.7. We are about to make a brief but necessary contact with the Harada, a reclusive insect-like race known for its idiosyncratic attitude toward protocol. The Harada demand a precise greeting, in this case, from Captain Picard. Their language is most unusual. The slightest mispronunciation is regarded as an insult. Welcome, one and all. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I am her loving husband, Chris Lackey. Aww. This week's episode is called The Big Goodbye. It's written by Tracy Torme, who wrote the last episode that we like so much. Yeah. And the idea supposedly was jeans, but Tracy added the noir references.
1: Of which there are many. Yeah.
0: The title seems to be a composite of Raymond Chandler's The Big Sleep and The Long Goodbye, which featured Detective Philip Marlowe.
1: What a weird coincidence that just a day before we watched this, I started reading The Big Sleep for the first time. Yeah, that <laughs> so is. I found it on your nightstand.
0: That is pretty weird, yeah. Enjoying it. It goes pretty easy, huh?
1: Well, it's tough for me because by the time I've read one chapter, I'm already asleep. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> So I've read the first chapter twice, there two days go. in a row, and now I've read the second chapter as well. Yay!
0: Yay! They're
1: on a diplomatic mission to Girada. Picard must recite a complex greeting to them perfectly in order to get the relationship going. They sound like real pieces of work don't they yeah why do they want them they just want everyone to be part of the gang
0: i guess or maybe they're technologically really savvy or they offer a lot to a relationship but they just have this weird alien culture
1: yes we can't try and understand yeah everyone's got their thing haven't they Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. troy is teaching picard and they've been at it for hours have a break she says check out the holodeck upgrades He's very excited to try the Dixon Hill program. 1940s detective. Yeah. Now we have to listen to Picard's log, personal of course, relaying his feelings about getting to play in the holodeck. Show don't tell, Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Picard is gushing about the holodeck upgrades. He's loving it. It's like he's never been in a holodeck before. Mm-hmm. He's met by his slash Dixon Hill's secretary. Everybody just assumes that he's Dixon Hill because that's the way the program works. Yeah, and he's in his office, which is very grimy and noirish.
1: Mm, Picard's in his Starfleet uniform still, which people say looks like a bellhop. So they all kind of hand wave it away in that way, which I thought was clever.
0: That's pretty funny, too, because it, it does look like a bell Once they said
1: it, yeah. <laughs> the secretary tells him there's a lady in his office.
0: The lady is Miss Jessica Bradley, and she says someone is trying to kill her. She gives him some plot, but he's too busy tripping out on the holodeck. <laughs> She's
1: very attractive.
0: Speaking of holodecks, I've been playing The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners on the virtual reality PlayStation 4.
1: Oh, talk about gushing.
0: And it is... I have to say, I think it's the best VR game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. It's so cool.
1: Last night you were going shopping, weren't you? <laughs> I had to wait another 10 minutes before we could watch Queer Eye because you were shopping for supplies.
0: I By, by shopping, I was ev- evading zombies <laughs> and, right. and, and looting houses.
1: Oh. <laughs> Sounds nice when you say shopping.
0: Anyway, uh, Miss Bradley leaves and Picard slips out of the holodeck. Just as he leaves, this Weasley guy who's a dime store Peter Lorre comes in. Who? He's got really big eyes. He was a horror actor. Yeah,
1: does he sound like this?
0: Yeah, I'm Peter Laurie. <laughs> okay, that's that voice. When yeah. people do that voice, they're doing Peter does Laurie. Does the
1: genie do him in a Latin?
0: He does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't like bringing people back from the dead. Yeah. Is it, is <laughs> yeah. yeah it's him.
0: Okay. Uh, so he's a store version of that. This guy, and he's called Mr. Leech. When he goes into Dixon's office and Dixon's not there, he's confused, like, what happened to Dixon? Mm.
1: Did Picard make a mistake here in the way he shut the program down?
0: Well, I don't know if it's a mistake, but later on what they usually do is they'll say, freeze program, and then Mm. they leave. Yeah. But he just left it running when he left. But then Mm -hmm. when he leaves, he says, you know, shut it off and save it.
1: They have to say, leave it running, because when he comes back in, some time has passed, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we also get a little hint that the characters think they're alive
0: well they don't know Have. they're in a book yeah yeah
1: in the observation lounge meeting Picard wanks on about his holodeck play like you telling me about your dreams <laughs> <laughs> sorry has no one else tried this thing
0: yeah it seems to be brand spanking new to everybody but I don't know why they're all tripping out on it yeah
1: I suppose it's all they've got to talk about isn't it <laughs> and it is something they could actually try so the info is of some use to yeah them. Picard invites Crusher to accompany him next time, along with Mr. Whalen, a 20th century historian. So there is one other person on the ship.
0: Yeah, and she seemed a little crestfallen when he added that on. Oh. She goes, yes. hey, maybe you want to do it with me. She's like, sure. And he goes, yeah, Mr. Whalen's coming with us. Oh. It's like, oh. Read right. the
1: room, Picard. <laughs> he really turns down a lot of opportunities here. <laughs> For some reason, the rest of the meeting is Riker telling us what we, and they, already know, and then Data repeating it a third time about the Girada. The joke is Data doesn't realize he's making Picard more nervous about messing up with the jurada by saying how badly it went the previous time mm-hmm. with someone.
0: Channing later, Geordi compares Dixon Hill to Sherlock Holmes. So Data sprints off to get a fedora at the replicator and every piece of literature on Dixon Hill on the ship's computer.
1: I love watching him read it all super fast, but wouldn't he just download it?
0: Well, you see, Rach, when this came out in the 80s, people were still pretty analog. Mm -hmm. like digital really wasn't a thing people weren't using computers a lot honestly i didn't have an email account until 93 it was all
1: microfiche in the library looking at newspapers definitely well into the 90s
0: so for for data he doesn't they don't do this whole just download the information Mm -hmm. into your database he's got to actually analog read it Yeah. yeah now picard data and mr wayland enter the holodeck onto a busy san francisco street
1: why do they always go to san francisco
0: Obviously, Starfleet is also based in San Francisco, and maybe Mm -hmm. they've all been there before. Yes. So they're like, it would be fun to go to a story set in the same city in the past. Yeah. So there's certain touchstones that are familiar. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Picard goes to buy a newspaper at the stand and the attendant knows him. This is character actor Dick Miller and we've seen him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of these guys that is ubiquitous on television and movies. He's in everything. I remember him most from Gremlins. He was the, oh. the neighbor, saw Gremlins in World War II and nobody believed him. And yeah. then his house gets attacked by Gremlins. And he's like, see, I told you they were real. They were oh, real. Oh,
1: I forgot that bit. He's good, isn't he? Oh, yeah.
0: And of course, he sees Picard as Dixon. as everybody else does here in the program data gets that whole you're not from around here thing and he goes with the cover story that he's from south america Yeah. Which seems to work. <laughs> Picard sees in the newspaper that Jessica Bradley has been murdered. Picard feels bad, but Waylon is like, she's a character in a story. Mm. This is supposed to happen. You're in a holonovel. So but like, he's
1: already met her, so that's rough, isn't it? Kind she's of a, not an actress.
0: Now, this is kind of interesting, conceptually speaking, mm. feeling empathy for these holographic generated characters. Yeah. He's feeling sad because she's been murdered. Mm. But has she? Did mm. she ever exist?
1: She specifically asked him for help.
0: Yeah, but was she just running out a programmed response? Mm -hmm. Just as you would type in a character into a novel and then that character is murdered. Do you feel bad that you've murdered that person?
1: Do you in a role playing game?
0: I don't ever feel bad. I feel sad that characters are gone sometimes. Like if a character dies, it's like, oh, that's a bummer because now we can't use that character anymore.
1: What if in your first session of a new campaign, you were the detective, one of the other characters was this woman, Uh and then you didn't show up the next week, so she died?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that happens. People can make new characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You wouldn't mind, would you?
0: No, it's not really a big deal. Two cops show up on the scene, and they arrest Picard slash Dixon for the murder of Jessica Bradley.
1: I like everyone's excitement at being arrested. (laughs) They don't really pull off the misunderstanding the 40s lingo bit. It's not as funny as I hoped it would be. No. Meanwhile, the Gerardas suddenly probe and scan the ship, causing the holodeck doors to open and close randomly. Cue song. This is the show.
0: Yeah, the holodeck is breaking down, and, and the, the doors won't open now. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
1: good to revisit that one. We're yes. getting into it now.
0: It's beautiful.
1: Thank you, Rafe Ball. Is this what causes the breakdown of the holodeck then? Yes. They must have been aware of this possibility from other Federation encounters with the Girada. You would think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. Mm, so the,
1: dangerous.
0: The jurada tell Riker they want to speak to Picard now, which is actually quite earlier than they had planned. Just say
1: no. Just say no. It's not convenient.
0: Yeah. But they you know, they're kissing up to him because they want him to join oh, the thing. Oh, God. Anyway, Riker sends Geordi down to the holodeck to get him because he's not answering their hails. Hmm.
1: Boundaries? Man, he's trying to take a break here.
0: Uh, We see Dr. Crusher all decked out in 1940s clothes, and Mm. she goes up to the holotech doors. They are acting up. They're opening and closing, but that doesn't stop her.
1: Oh, come on, Bev. You look great. You're thirsty as hell, (laughs) but let's go for safety first.
0: (laughs) It takes her into Dixon's office, and then she's got to walk downtown, and then she arrives inside the police station. Hiya, Doc. What's cooking? You know, I had some trouble getting through.
1: Where's Captain Picard? He's on ice. Pardon? He's being grilled. What is he, a fish?
0: He's being interrogated. They think he committed a murder.
1: Why aren't we all being interrogated? Maybe I should go and help him.
0: No, 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 relax. Relax, Doc. He's having the time of his life in there.
1: Well, why should he have all the fun? Come on, toots. Let's
0: go. Spill it! I've told you everything I know. Well, you just have to tell us again. From the top. From the top! Oh, very good. I've read all this before, you know. It's absolutely as it should be.
1: It's kind of fun and kind of a little menacing. You can tell that things are starting to go awry and they don't know that yet.
0: I, I wonder if it would be fun. I'm sure it would be fun. What am I saying? But the idea that you would be in a book that you've actually read before... Hmm. Because you know everything that's going to happen and how it's supposed to happen.
1: Doesn't he just know the character, but not this particular adventure?
0: He said there, I've read all this before, you know, it's absolutely as it should be.
1: Oh, I thought it was just this type of interrogation. Do you think he's read this actual story? Oh, maybe.
0: I don't know. Well, he seems to be a fan of Dixon Hill. So if he's a fan of it, how could he not have read this particular story? Yeah. But the holodeck seems to be adaptive, so maybe he could change the story in some way. I don't know.
1: Geordie realizes the holodeck controls are screwed and he's unable to contact the crew inside. Troy convinces Riker to let Wesley help, pulling on his heartstrings that his mom is in there. Nothing to do with the fact that he's the only qualified person to get them out of this kind of scenario, <laughs> as we've seen in every episode so far.
0: Yeah. So Picard realizes time is going by and he needs to meet with the Gerada. So he's soon able to talk his way out of the interrogation room. In the police station waiting room, Beverly is hit on by the desk sergeant.
1: She plays it really well. He creepily gives her a stick of gum and he's leching all over her. She takes the gum, chews it twice and swallows it. <laughs> <laughs> but she does it so subtly, doesn't she? Yeah. It's funny. She, yeah. She's good with comedy, isn't she? She's good. Meanwhile, Picard has convinced the good cop to get him out of there. Turns out they're friends and Dixon loves Sharon's cooking, but won't come over on a camera a lady and her name is... In (laughs) a prize. Don't know why I'm doing that accent. (laughs) The guy kind of responds as though.
0: Oh right, yeah. He's
1: talking about a sex worker. (laughs) (laughs) And it got me thinking: how good of a cook did you have to be in the forties to impress somebody's business partner? Oh. Is it just the ability to heat up meat without it being too tough? (laughs) I mean, I I can't do that.
0: uh, I guess maybe. I'm not sure. Mashed potatoes. Well, people had restaurants and people liked good food and cooking something that's passed on from, you know, generation to generation. So, yeah,
1: it's not like monocultural like over here (laughs) was. Yeah. Then you'd have your Italian food, your Polish food, depending on where the family came from, I Mm -hmm. suppose. Yeah. Bev makes it clear she wants to go into Dixon's office with Picard to see if he can fit his pen in her inkwell. But she gets royally vag blocked by data (laughs) and the historian. (laughs) They all go to Dixon's office where Leech is waiting with a gun. This is the guy who came into the office before when Picard dashed off to get his costume on. Uh-huh. He's doing a Mexican accent.
0: I don't know what accent he's supposed to be doing.
1: <laughs> okay. It's
0: some kind of... <laughs> oh why? Peter Laurie has a bit of an accent. So if
1: he's doing him... So
0: he's kind of doing a thing as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a great moment when they all look at each other like the game has leveled up and it's so cool. Yeah,
0: they're really digging it. Yeah. On the other side of the wall, Wesley and LaForge are hard at work trying to fix the problem. Wesley thinks it had something to do with the probe, but he's not sure exactly how they're going to fix it.
1: Meanwhile, Leech demands an item Dixon was hired to find. Whalen, the historian, gets tough and gets shot. They think he's acting and it's so exciting until, oh hell no, he's bleeding for real. Hmm. Crusher takes control, but does nothing except put a bit of tissue over it. (laughs) What kind of fun is this supposed to be?
0: Well, it's not supposed to happen. The holodeck controls usually prevent injuries, Mm. but they must have been deactivated by the Gerada scan.
1: Well, they shouldn't be able to be deactivated. Um, How can can holograms shoot somebody?
0: Well, how can a hologram pick something up or touch somebody?
1: Isn't it all fake? No, No. I understand touch, but pick up. But then you'd want to be able to pick it up. Yeah, well, I like, feel it as well. If there's you? a
0: holodeck character that you punch, I mean, yeah. they've shown them, mm-hmm. so you, they've they're tangible. They're made of energy fields, oh, like force man. fields.
1: Yeah, and so, so bullets are too.
0: A bullet would be too.
1: We just don't allow bullets.
0: I I'm with you. <laughs> I don't understand why there would be any need to have any of this stuff possible they have like mm. safety protocols that's the thing that they say and they go like shut off the safety protocols later on oh. and it's like why do they even have that on there yeah anyway crusher says that whelan needs to get to sickbay stat or he'll die
1: she could do something though what would you do if somebody had a gunshot to the stomach
0: well apply some pressure maybe yeah. bev come Doesn't on
1: everyone know that
0: she's a doctor
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought so too I checked it out on Verywellhealth.com I oh, okay. don't know if that's A reputable source Sure They say pressure is The most important thing If blood is coming out Of a hole Put a lot of pressure on it For particularly bad bleeding Don't be afraid to use your knee And really lean on the wound hard
0: Wow mm-hmm.
1: She puts a bit of tissue over it And that's it. There you
0: go. Done. Leech, overconfident, comes closer and Picard deftly disarms him and slaps him a good one. Yeah. Leech runs off, sad like a little baby, and then they try to get the holodeck doors open, but no dice. The computer is ignoring their commands.
1: The Enterprise has arrived at Torona 4. Why didn't they just slow down?
0: That's a good question. I don't know.
1: Mm. And greetings will be expected. It seemed a bit daft. Just tell them you'll be later. Yeah. They're the ones who are early anyway. Yeah.
0: On the holodeck, Picard and Data are poking around trying to find a way out when Leech returns with another goon and his boss, Cyrus Red block.
1: Lawrence Tierney is the actor. I recognised him probably from Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Yeah, he was also in Junior and Armageddon. He had a lot of leading roles back in the 40s, but brushes with the law led to smaller parts from the 50s on. Between 44 and 51, he was arrested a dozen times for brawling and drunkenness. <laughs> he quit drinking in 1982. On the set of Reservoir Dogs, the cast and crew found Tierney's antics both amusing and disturbing.
0: Oh, and God. Tierney
1: nearly got into fights with co-star Edward Bunker and writer-director Quentin Tarantino. Wow. This is all from me- Memory Alpha. Tierney's agent, Don Gurler, stated he was still bailing Tierney out of jail as late as 1994, when Tierney was 75.
0: Wow.
1: A little bit more on him later, how he treated Will Wheaton.
0: Oh, my God. Lawrence Tierney is old Hollywood.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Chad's thing. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Red Block is looking around Dixon's office for the object, which we never find out what that thing is. It's kind of a MacGuffin, I guess. Redblock wants to take Waylon out of the room, and Picard objects, and he gets smacked by Leech for his trouble. Bloodmouth.
1: Ooh, blood mouth Is that a thing?
0: <laughs> you know, you get punched and you get a little blood coming out of yeah, your mouth. It that happens used to in be hot movies. when
1: Kirk did it, didn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Nobody ever gets the shirt ripped anymore.
0: The good cop shows up on the scene. His name's McNary, and he stumbles onto all of this that's mm-hmm. happening, and he's not ready for it. So they take his gun, and he gets a gut punch for being sassy. Picard decides to try the truth on these holograms.
1: Oh, he's going to talk them to death. Hmm. Will Wheaton said in Memories of the Future, Data tries the, well, now, hey, man, these characters aren't even real line, which all of us actors perfected during years of Star Trek convention appearances. <laughs> Unfortunately, Data's efforts meet with similar results.
0: Oh. <laughs> So Data tells them uh, they're all n- not real, which makes Leech really angry. Redblock, however, wants to test this theory by shooting one of them, so he picks Dr. Crusher.
1: Picard says, I have the item. He bargains with Redblock to get Whalen to safety. Meanwhile, Riker is trying to talk to the Girada, but they are having none of it. Boo! <laughs> Wesley reports that the problem can be fixed, but if it's not done properly, the holo program could abort and everyone inside the holodeck could vanish.
0: Why? Well, because the holodeck uses transporter technology to make everything appear in there. So Mm -hmm. if it malfunctions, I guess conceivably, it could think that the people that are in there are products to be dematerialized. This is terrible. Again, I don't know who designed this to let that be a possibility that (laughs) that could happen. It's
1: so cool, but come on. Anyway, Riker says, just go for it.
0: Picard and company keep on this line of truth, you know, just telling them, this is all, we're from the future, this isn't real.
1: Yeah, what else they got?
0: Leech gets more and more angry about it. Redblock, he's playing the philosopher here.
1: He's very intelligent.
0: Yeah, he lets them talk and he's kind of interested about this idea that they have what's real, what's not real. And just then the office turns into a frozen wasteland for all of the characters, both PCs and NPCs.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I really liked that bit. Suddenly they're in a snowy gale outside. And then just as quickly they're back, but still with snow on their hats and clothes. So it's mm. done really well. Yeah, They all look pretty shocked, of course. The holodeck exit appears though, and opens, revealing the Enterprise corridor. Well done, Wesley. Yeah, And Geordi watching. Geordi, Geordi helped.
0: Redblock and Leech tell Picard that they're gonna take over this new world. And when they step out of the holodeck, they just vanish. No hollow emitters in the hallway.
1: No, hollow emitters. Is that what they're called? Yeah,
0: that's what projects the thing. The hollow emitters.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, it
0: only works in the holodeck. So when they walk outside, the hollow emitters can project just slightly outside of the door. But Mm. once they get out of that, too bad for them. Uh Data picks up Waylon and takes him to sickbay with Dr. Crusher. Picard stays a moment to speak with the good cop who asks, When you're gone, will this world continue to exist? Will my wife and kids still be waiting for me at home? And Picard just says, I don't know.
1: That's kind of touching, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, it's kind of dark and there's some high concept stuff for you right there. It doesn't get the attention it deserves, Mm -hmm. I feel, in this particular episode. But later on, these things get explored a lot deeper.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. It felt a bit like death to me or the wife won't be waiting for him to come home. No, He won't be waiting to come home. Nobody will know any different because they'll all be gone. It's still pretty bleak to imagine that for him.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, his wife and kids probably don't even exist in that world. Mm. They're just memories that are implanted into his head if he's even that complex. Right. Mm. He might just be an artificial intelligence that is trying to anticipate what the character would say in any given circumstance and just pretending to be the character, like a game master in a role-playing game. Picard rushes off because he's got that thing he's supposed to be doing, Mm. and he gets onto the bridge, still in his 1940s suit, and does the greeting. It's perfect, and the aliens are happy.
1: (laughs) It's nice to see Troy mouthing along with Picard and then looking relieved and proud that he got it right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then we end with this. Have a nice vacation. It was a nice place to visit, number one, but I wouldn't want to die there. So Data, how was it? It was raining in the city by the bay.
1: A hard rain. Hard enough to wash the slime. Data.
0: Sorry, sir. Lieutenant, take us out of orbit. Aye, sir. And Mr. LaForge. Sir. Step on it.
1: So there we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Concepts. As noted in the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, budget restrictions prevented the Girada from appearing on screen. Mm. Torme was hoping that they were going to show them because he had written up all this stuff about their hive mind culture oh. and that described the aliens as being wasp-like, black and yellow with pointed insectile features and waving black antennae. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that would have been cool, but yeah. obviously too much money.
1: I kind of agree that it wasn't needed. It wasn't. Yeah. There's a lot going on already, wasn't there? Yeah. Will Wheaton said the holodeck is the only real innovation of the next generation and it's uh, fleshed out here. Do you agree with that?
0: Hmm. They have data pads. That's something that they use a lot, but yeah, pretty much. So far anyway. I think he's right.
1: Hmm. What happened to the universal translator? What do you mean? Why couldn't that just translate perfectly? Oh. Their greeting.
0: Because it's cultural. The whole thing is that they won't respect them unless they can come to them in their own language and speak it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So if they use the Universal Translator, that's cheating.
1: Right. Oh, OK.
0: You show us respect by learning our language and saying hello to us in the proper way. Yeah. So.
1: Yes. And they'll be able to tell because.
0: Uh, they they can. I don't know. It's so
1: not even on the screen, are they? And even when they are on screens in Star Trek, their mouths still move in the right yeah. Wave. <laughs> yeah. Whatever language they're supposed to be speaking. Nice to see an erudite mob guy mm-hmm. in Cyrus Red Block. Very cultured. The actor sounds like a jerk though. Mm-hmm. Will yeah. said Lawrence Tierney approached him asking if he played football. When he said he didn't, Lawrence asked him if he was a sissy fag.
0: Oh my god. Will said he wasn't
1: strong enough for football. And Lawrence said, Well maybe you wouldn't be so weak if you played football. <laughs> and then, thankfully, they were called back to set. Wow, uh, fifteen years old.
0: Poor guy. Come on, jeez, he really got raked through the ringer. The oh. poor dude.
1: So, are these characters sentient?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I would think that one AI that just kind of plays all of the characters hmm. like NPCs in a role-playing game. So. Yeah the artificial intelligence goes well what would this character say what would this character do they would do this they would respond this way and that they're not all individual consciousnesses now i think later on that changes there's definitely some stuff in other series is one of the main characters in the series voyager is a hologram he's great and really interesting and they i mean they deep dive into this stuff with him obviously Mm. this is where they dip the toe in here yeah. with this this whole conceptual stuff so I, I appreciate that they're doing that
1: the whole thing seemed so dangerous that you can get hurt in there and would have to get back to bay to be treated but only through a door yeah. and you can't find the door
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty nutty that the holodeck is what it is and that the safety protocols can just be all messed up with a scan yeah there could have been other ways to get them out of there but obviously story yeah of course yeah There
1: were a fair few inconsistencies, like Data's read everything about the Dixon Hill stories. He's speaking the lingo one minute, then he doesn't understand it the next. Now he's back to being an expert in it. Yeah, well. (laughs) You don't mind. But the big concept is the holodeck and the characters in there and their inner lives and wondering about how that might work. So that's huge, isn't it? Yeah. It didn't make as much sense as I would have liked it to, but I think I'm still going to have to go for 8.5.
0: Oh, Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight because I think that this is the beginning of something big and they touch on some concepts here. Obviously, they don't go into them too deeply. Entertainment.
1: Oh, it's so entertaining. It was one of the cast's favorites to film. I thought it was a bit slow, but somehow also compelling and also lacking at the same time. (laughs) It would have fared better for me if it had been after a less entertaining episode.
0: Right. Because
1: really enjoyed Haven.
0: Yeah, that was great. And well, super funny. I remember this episode as one of my least favorites when I was ah. a kid because it was all 1940s stuff. And I didn't care about that. I wanted Mm. back to the aliens, back to the spaceships, back to all that stuff. I don't want to watch some 1940s show. I want to watch Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. So I was annoyed by it when it was first on. But watching it now as an adult, I actually really enjoyed it.
1: Definitely not as bad as that one Operation Earth, was it called? Where they (laughs) totally went into a different (laughs) universe. (laughs) Data was vaguely funny, but not like last week's.
0: Yeah. I find a lot of the data comedy is Cringeworthy.
1: Yeah, like it's obvious it's supposed to be funny. It's
0: supposed to be funny and it's supposed to be him being mistaken about how he's supposed to behave. Yeah. And then you're kind of cringing on his mm. behalf.
1: Doesn't quite land, does it? I
0: don't, yeah, I don't really like it. I think he's much less cringeworthy in later seasons. Yeah,
1: he seems to have links to Spock in this, but his skin can't be covered with a
0: hat no. on
1: this mission. That guy there to cock block and be shot didn't really do much other than that, the historian. Oh, right, yeah. And the Mexican guy?
0: Was he Mexican? I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah.
1: I felt some horror that the door had gone. Not for them. I knew they'd be fine. Yeah. But just imagining being in there with that situation. Oh yeah. I really enjoyed the snow bit. Shame that was only two seconds. Yeah. The big goodbye won the George Foster Peabody Award for excellence in television broadcasting. The episode was the first hour-long drama to win a Peabody in Mm. that category. Oh wow! My goodness. For this episode, William Ware Theus won an Emmy for Outstanding Costume Design for a series, and Edward R. Brown received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Cinematography for a series. Oh. Will Wheaton gives it an A. Oh, wow. By far his highest score. I'll say 7 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. That sounds about right.
1: I wasn't bored, but I certainly expected more. Yeah. entertainment and laughs
0: yeah i'm gonna go for a six actually i'll yeah. take that back six out of ten yeah uh you know tv guide criticized this episode saying it was derivative of a piece of the action
1: uh, yeah and it does not hold a candle to that
0: no but tracy torme dismissed this criticism being based purely on the appearance of three-piece suits <laughs> which i gotta agree because the stories are completely different <laughs> yeah
1: but it is fish out of water stuff and yeah them trying to fit in With that world
0: Yeah Sexiness
1: Gates looked amazing And there was a whiff Of sexual promise But she does very little In the episode Yeah Even though she's there As a doctor She doesn't do any doctoring Yeah That's disappointing That is disappointing She's just there As a bit of beauty really Isn't she Bit of a sausage fest That was one of the reasons I don't Particularly like going further back in time. You just got the dolls and the secretaries and then
0: yeah. everyone else is a
1: man. Three out of five. Yeah,
0: I think it's better than 2.5. Yeah. Because she was pretty... Oh,
1: she looks she good. She had it going on and there
0: was some vibes going on with her and Picard. Oh, so, yeah, you know, I was feeling it. So I wish they'd
1: gone further with that. My guesses were okay. I said mm-hmm. they'd dress up and Data did an accent. Mm-hmm. I guess there might be mob murders. Were they mob sure yeah i knew it'd be something to do with being shot yeah. nothing to do with the frisbee but i was just being silly <laughs> and the holodeck creations didn't take over the ship but the doors were no longer accessible yeah so some bits there anyway yeah i'd like to welcome a new lieutenant to our crew um do it welcome and thank you to lieutenant philip welsh
0: lieutenant welsh welcome
1: we'll look forward to seeing you over on patreon
0: yeah please anybody that's listening to the show join patreon if you're not a member and if you are a member make some comments and we'd love to hear from you because you guys are all wonderful human beings
1: (laughs) and while you're at it will you please subscribe to our youtube channel i can see that ray just posted another workout video
0: she's going to town on these things
1: this time it's kirk
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. She's really <laughs> quite the specimen, I must oh. say. Yeah.
1: She's winning you over, isn't she?
0: Oh boy, yeah. So I'm, I'm, get I'm, stuck
1: into that, everyone. With that, I'm Rachel Lackey. And
0: I am Chris Lackey, and you've been listening to...
1: Rachel Watches Star Trek. Thank you for listening. Tread.